Ethiopia. There's somebody named Terry somewhere that keeps coming up in my spirit. So you agree with me right now in the name of Jesus for, I don't know if it's man or woman. I don't know where they're at or what the situation is. Uh, but it goes along with what we're talking about this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for Terry. Whoever they are, wherever they are, it does not matter. Lord, right now, as a group of individuals, we bind together. And we just, every lie of the enemy, let it be revealed. Every work of hell, let it be stopped and be put under the feet of Jesus. Touch them, draw them, open up their eyes to see you like they've never saw you before. Let them be comforted by the Holy Spirit. We thank you in advance for it. Let strength come in their body. Let breath come in their lungs. And let them stand up strong on their feet on the solid rock. Let it be for your glory in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else this morning? Hallelujah. 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 Glory. Okay. Uh, what Brother Corey led us in worship in... And uh, what Brother Duckett said, that that's, uh, set the table very well. I, um, I, the praying in the Spirit, uh, the Lord gave me three things that He wants us to talk about this morning. You know, and, uh, you know, Jesus Christ, He is our shepherd. He's our shepherd. And I, and I, I want you to think about the, the, the job of Jesus. We, we just think about Him a lot of times as... God, and He is God, don't get me wrong, but we need to think about His heart for His people. Um, you know, and then He places under shepherds that, for the church, and, and, and they, they work together. But think about the, the, the job of, uh, of, of the chief shepherd, the pastor. You know, how many jobs do you see where you've got to start a fire and put a fire out? How many jobs you see where you got to push somebody forward, but you got to hold somebody else back? Right. How many jobs you got to see where you got to lift someone up, but then make sure someone else don't get too high? Yeah. So, uh, your your Savior Jesus, He's got a huge undertaking, but He knows what He's doing. Amen? Amen. And He knows you intimately this morning. He knows where you're at. And I want you to mark these three things down because this is what the Spirit of God wants us to leave here because He's going to give you a rhema word and this rhema word is going to add to your faith. It's going to loose your faith to uh, be able to stop looking at the problem and look at the peace. I want to look at the peace, don't you? Okay. Uh, the Lord is good. Right? But... He's only as good as you know how big He is. We've got to know He's a big God. So, number one, remember He is a big God, and you've got to see Him in the way. And then number two, this is a very simplistic message, but this is what the Spirit of God just spoke in my heart. He's a good God, but He's a willing God. So let's remember those three things. Go to the Gospel of John, chapter 5. I want to look at one thing. In John chapter 5, you have where Jesus brings healing to this man at Bethesda. But I want us to start reading in verse 17. This is where the religious people get upset at, at, at Jesus. You know, uh, religious people cause a lot of problems. But those who are other than born of the Spirit, they are problem solvers. Amen? John five seventeen. But Jesus answered them, and he said, My father worketh hitherto, and I work. 
unity, working together. Amen. Therefore, the Jews sought the more to kill him, to kill Jesus, because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Say, God's my God. Amen. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do, for what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that he himself doeth. And he will show him greater works than these, that ye may marvel. For the Father raises up the dead, and quickeneth them. Even so the Son quickeneth whom he will." For the Father judgeth no man, but he committeth all judgment unto the Son. That all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father that sent him. Verse 24. Verily, 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 I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me, hath, present tense right now, hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Say, that's me. But it's passed from death unto life. Sister Victoria, would you pray? Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Amen and amen. Thank you so much, Sister Victoria. Thank you for honoring the word. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Welcome, uh, Sister Ruth. She's here this morning. Glad that she's here. Glad that Sister Johnny's back. Oh, well, happy birthday. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Glory. All right. So, the, the, the Lord really wants to impress on our lives this morning that... Uh, you and I, by the Spirit, we can hear a word that will get us to see, uh, like what Brother Corey was leading us in worship of in, the good things of God and be able to see peace rather than see problems. Uh, Jesus said, you know, uh, in John sixteen thirty three, he said, in this world you shall have tribulation. But he said, be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. He said, I'm, I want you to have peace. And so, you and I, we need to have some peace this morning. And the way that we can have peace is when we recognize and realize that God is our Father, but He's also our God. Thank God He's a Father, but He's a God to us. He's a God to you. And He's the Father figure that ministers to us intimately and personally, but He's the God that sits on the throne, and He's the Most High God. He's the Almighty God. He's the one that has the final say, and you and I are trusting in Him for all things. Amen? And so Jesus said that everything He did, He looked into heaven here, and He saw what God wanted in heaven, and He worked conjointly with the Father, and heaven was brought to earth. Well, that's for you and I this morning. We can look into heaven by the Spirit. We can see what the will of the Father is. We can say, I'm going to join up with you, Lord Jesus. I'm going to work with you. You're going to show me what God wants. And by the power of the Spirit, uh, I'm going to see just how big my God is. He's bigger than all the struggle. See, there's things that needs to be done in this earth, and the church has got to, to step up and say, well, if God wants something done, then He's going to do it through His church. Right. Amen? And, and, and so we, we can work hand in hand, and we can have this unity. So I, I want you to think just for a second. Let's stop just for a second, and I want you to 
clear your mind, and, and I want you in your own mind right now, describe God to you. How, how do you see your Father? How do you see God Almighty to you? Because, see, the answer to that question determines whether God can meet your need and bring peace or whether He can overcome the problem that's in your life or not. A lot of people, they make the devil so big. They magnify what he can do and what he says. And, and they, they base their life, their, the, what they can do, what they can't do, what they can say, what they can't say, where they can go, where they can't go, according to, well, I don't know about the devil. The devil is under the foot of Jesus Christ. Amen. Remember the Bible says that, that it bruised your Lord, my Lord, His heel, but it crushed his head, meaning spiritually Jesus took the power and the authority away from the devil. The, all the power and authority that he's got is what I give him out of not knowing. And I started to say ignorance, but that offends people. But ignorance simply means from the Greek not to know. It's not, it's not, a, it's not a slang term. It's not a bad term. So this morning, let's, let's think about some things. And I want you to, to get with me and I want you to, to just flow and see how big your God is. Let's go to the Old Testament, the book of Isaiah. And uh, let's look at some things. Now look at Isaiah chapter 40, verse number 1, first of all. Notice what the Word of God says. It says, Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. So in other words, if there's something in your life this morning that, you're not, that you don't have confidence in, that you're not don't have assurance in, then you need to step back and say, now don't get mad at me, but you need to step back and say, Lord, I repent because you're listening to the wrong source. Now, I'm talking to me first and foremost. Any area in my life that I don't have the comfort of the Holy Spirit in because Jesus said, when I go away, I'm going to send another comforter. In other words, he's going to be just like me, but he's going to abide with you forever. And so that comforter, if I don't, there's something in my life I don't have comfort, then I'm not listening to this word. This Bible is the most important thing to you because this Bible is Jesus Christ. Amen? You have to stay in this word. I have to stay in this word because uh, the, the, Paul told us in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, hey, there are so many voices in the world and there's none of them that does not have power significance. And so you've got to rationalize what you're hearing. I've got to rationalize what I'm hearing. So if I'm hearing something that is not bringing comfort, that's why Jesus said, verily, verily there uh, in uh, John five twenty four, Verily, verily, truly, truly, assuredly, assuredly, it is a judicial term. In other words, he's taking an oath and saying, hey, you have everlasting life because you believe on the one who sent me. You, you've accepted me. And so uh, we need to... See that when God double emphasizes a word, it's for power in your life this morning. So you need comfort. I need comfort. I need to see peace instead of see the problem. Now let's see how big God is. Drop down to verse, uh, verse number 11. Isaiah 4, uh, 40 and 11. He shall feed his flock. Aren't you glad, glad he's your shepherd? He does provide, we're under shepherds under him and thank God for that opportunity. But he shall feed his flock. Now feed... Uh, here he shall feed his flock like a shepherd. Those two words in the, in the Hebrew are exactly the same, and it means to tend a flock. In other words, uh, a sheep cannot take care of itself. We can't take care of ourselves. So let's stop trying on our own, and let's just trust Jesus to be our shepherd. 
Lord, you know what I need, when I need it. I'm, I'm, you said, if I would let you be my shepherd, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not lack. Psalms 23, 1. He said, he would lead me and you beside the still waters. He would cause us to lay down in the green pastures. He would provide the pasture for you for the time of your life. Right now, in this season of your life, this season of my life, there's problems. So we need a field, a pasture of peace. And we need to sit down in that pasture of peace with the Lord God Almighty. Let Jesus shepherd us and let him feed us. Now notice what he says. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs in with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. J- Jesus wants us to be like John, the beloved, there at the, at the uh, Last Supper. He wants us to lay our head in his bosom. He wants us to hear his heartbeat. His heartbeat is, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Come on, that's his heartbeat. Nothing can separate us, Romans chapter 8, from the love of God. Nothing, not one thing. See, the devil wants us to think when we're having problems, he immediately wants to bring condemnation and say, oh, you've done this wrong, you've done that wrong. God separated himself from you. He's mad at you. All of those are lies. After you get born again, Jesus said, I will never leave you. I will never. So the devil's a liar. God knows that you and I are flesh and mistakes happen. But that's part of walking in the light as he's in the light. Or otherwise you would never know that you made a mistake. Amen. Amen? All right. So this morning, look what he says. This is how big your God is. Verse number 12. Your God who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand. I go up here and I can get this water bottle and I could take it back. Uh, Brother Larry's got a big hand. Brother Duckett's got a big hand. I could pour that water bottle in your hand and you couldn't hold it. It's 16.9 ounces. It's just a water bottle. Your God, my God, He holds the waters of the oceans of the world 340 quintillion million gallons in the palm of of his hand. How big is your God? Now I want you to think about that. Think about the water that you drunk, and then as you were working or doing whatever, and that one drop of sweat, perspiration that dropped off your forehead and hit the ground, God knows where it's at. That's your God. He holds it in the palm. Of his hand. Now, how does that encourage you this morning? Think about what Jesus said in John chapter 10. John chapter 10 said, When you hear my voice and you receive my voice, you receive me as Lord and Savior, he said, Then you're placed in the Father's hand. And no man, no devil in hell, no working of this evil generation shall be able to pull you out of the Father's hand. How big is your God? He's big enough. Amen. Amen. Come on now, I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what the problem is trying to steal your peace this morning. But God wants you to be able to see Him above all things. Amen? Notice this. Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of His hand, and He has meted out heaven, or He's measured, He has measured out heaven with the dust of the earth, uh, measured out heaven with, with, with the span, and comprehended the dust of the earth. Now, think about that. 
the earth as we know it. You know, scientists, they try to estimate how much the earth weighs, and they put all of these numbers on it. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with putting a guess on that. Nobody knows but God. But God knows right down to the last speck of dust. I was thinking about, you know, uh, you got on a load of gravel, and you're going down the road 60 mile an hour, and uh, you've got specks of dust flying everywhere. And God knows not only where that dust is going to land, He knows the origin of it when He created it. Oh my goodness. How big your God is. How big my God is. And, and, and as big as He is, He's so close to us. Now keep that in mind. Look at this. Uh, who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, hath meted out heaven with, with, a, with a span, uh, and he has comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure, and weighed the mountains and the scales and the hills in a balance. Now, there's nothing that your God don't know. You can take, you know, and measure your hand span. Mine, from the tip of my thumb to the tip of my finger, is, a, is about nine inches. And, and I know what I can hold. And, and so I've got to see, though, that Jesus said that when I accepted him, I took him by the hand and he took me by the hand. So all of a sudden, the things that I can hold, which were very limited, they come in the hand of the Lord Jesus Christ, who's in the Father, whose hand holds everything. So I don't have to worry about dropping any. Now, come on, don't look at me like that. How many times have you heard people say, I'm just juggling this and I'm juggling that. I'm trying to hold on to this. I'm trying to keep this together. I'm trying to plan that. I'm trying to be here on time. All of these things, you and I, we can't do all of those things. But we serve a God who is with us, who will walk with us, who will order your and I steps in perfect timing with Him to where everything works out. Amen? Come on, how big is your God? Your God's big enough. Amen? Now, let's go down this a little bit. Drop, drop down. Let's see that he's big, but he's intimate. Uh, drop down to verse uh, 25 in this 40th chapter. It says, talking about God, To whom then will ye liken me, or shall I be equal, saith the Holy One? In other words, God said, There's nobody that you've ever met, no one that you've ever dealt with that's likened to me. We know that. Amen? But yet, if we're not careful, we elevate the devil. We elevate the problem. Well, God could, but will he? All of these things. See, we elevate those things. And and when we're doing those things, if we're not careful, we're questioning how big God is. We're questioning how good God is and whether God will do something. And God's done showed us what he will do on Calvary. Amen? Now, notice. Get excited with me. Verse 26. He said, lift up your eyes on high. And so I heard the Spirit of God say, is your eyes on the problem or is your eyes on my peace? It's on his peace, right? Amen. So I'm going to lift up on high. In other words, I'm going to stop looking at what the news media says. I'm going to stop looking at what uh, the bank statement says. I'm going to stop looking at what the doctor says. I'm going to look at what was done for me on Calvary through Jesus Christ. Amen. That's the only thing we can look at. That's what we've got to hold on to. That's what's got to be a focus because what we look at is what we become. 
And the devil wants you and I to become negative, inward, discouraged people. But that's not who we are. Amen? Okay, notice this. Lift up your eyes on high and behold who hath created these things. Notice this. That bringeth out their hosts by number. He calleth them all by names by the greatness of his might. For he is the strong power and not one faileth. In other words, he's talking about the galaxies. Once again, we don't know. Scientists estimate that there's a hundred billion galaxies with a hundred billion stars in each galaxy. Great guess. Only God knows. But what did God just say? God said, I know every galaxy, but I know every star in every galaxy, and I know them by name. You and I, we can step out on a clear, beautiful night and we can look up in the sky and we can look at all the stars and how glorious and beautiful they are. And you could even pay twenty nine ninety five, and you can have one named after somebody. But guess what? God's done named them. Okay, as beautiful and as magnificent as that is, that's God's creation. And His galaxies are still being created because light is still being. But He knows them by name. So this morning, He knows where you're at. He knows your fear because it's not yours. It's what the devil's trying to put in you. He knows the problem. He, he knows the shortcoming. He knows the, all the things that you're dealing with that would try to take your eyes off the peace of the God Almighty that is Jesus and put it on the problem. So he wants us to refocus and see how big God is. Let God name your situation. You know, see, God's got a different name for it than the devil does. God's got a different name for it than what even we may have for it. Because His name is the name of reality and truth that brings heaven to earth. I don't want to bring hell to earth to you. I want to bring heaven to earth. All right, so how big is my God? He's big enough. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 32. And I want you to be able to apply this this morning. Jeremiah chapter 32, I think about verse 17. Jeremiah 32, 17. Oh, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth. How? By thy great power and stretched out arm. And there is nothing. There's what? There is nothing too hard for thee. I believe that, don't you? There's nothing. So, uh, I'm believing God for some things. I'm believing God for some restoration to situations and circumstances that look absolutely hopeless. That look like it's impossible. That there is no way that, that things and relationships could be put back together. But I serve a God who made heaven and the earth. He spoke and He created out of His heart what He wanted. I want Him to be able to speak through my heart to create what He wants. What does God want? God wants unity. So if there's division, if there's separation, if there's problems, guess what? God has a word for you and I. If we will look, not at the problem, but look at the peace. If we'll not look at the struggle, but look at the solution. If we'll look to the Savior, He will give us the word that will create what He's wanting to bring from heaven to earth in us and through us. Amen? Amen. So it's, it's possible. Verse 18. Thou showest loving kindness. This is grace. Thou showest grace unto a few. Thousands. Don't you love that? That's your God. 
two thousands and recompense the iniquity of the fathers into the bosom of their children after them. But notice this, the great, the mighty God, the Lord of hosts is his name. Great in counsel, I need counsel, and mighty in work, I need his works. For thine eyes are open upon all the ways of the sons of men to give everyone according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. Now, I want you to get this in your heart this morning. Jesus Christ, he took all of your sin, your shortcomings, all of my sins and my shortcomings on the cross at Calvary. And now you are not being judged according to what you've done. You're being judged according to what Jesus has done. So I want what? I want this promise in my life. Notice what he said. He said he would give to everyone according to his ways, according to the fruit of his... What's my fruit? My fruit is Jesus Christ. Your fruit is Jesus Christ. So when the devil tries to tell you, oh, you don't deserve this. Thank God. No, I don't get what I deserve. I get the son of the living God. I get the blood of Jesus on my life. Amen. You get the blood of Jesus. And so I, I want to take counsel from the Lord. I, I want to hear what he says. I, I'm tired of hearing what the Antichrist spirit says. I want to hear what God says. I want to hear how big God is. Yeah. Amen. So God is big enough. Amen. Okay, so he's big enough, but he's also, he's, he's good enough. Let's go to a verse of scripture. We preached on this not too long ago. Psalms 100. If there's five verses in this Psalms, let me, if you would let me, let me read all five. Psalms 100, verse number one. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. That's just talking about God's people, the, 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 the different people. Uh, that God has created for His glory. Verse 2, Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people, and the sheep of His... Woo! He's responsible for you. He claims you. Now, if our God is that big, and we're fixed to find that, that He's that good, and, and so some, a God that is that big and that good, and He takes responsibility for you, that means He's not going to let you fall out of His hand. He's not going to let your needs go unmet. But I can keep Him from blessing me. I can keep Him from meeting my needs if I come in agreement with that Antichrist spirit. Antichrist spirit. Antichrist simply means instead of Jesus. The devil wants you and I to accept a substitute. But we're not going to do that. Amen? Verse number four. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. I can't do those things if I am in not peace but in problems. Come on, if I'm thinking about the problem, I, I don't know about you, I'm not very thankful. Right. I get negative. Right. Come on, we've we, we, we got to say, now wait a minute, I need to do some things differently. I, I need to re, 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 repent, I need to renounce, and I need to uh, uh, rejoice in what God is wanting to do in and through my life. And if I'll do those things, it'll change everything about my moment in this time. See, the devil wants us to think, well, just wait till you get to heaven and everything will be great. Thank God what's going to happen in heaven. We, I have not seen, ears not heard. It has to be revealed by the Spirit. I understand that. But God wants you to be blessed now. 
He wants me to be blessed now. He wants us to have peace now. I need peace now to give to others. I need joy now to be able to show, point people to the way of the Lord. Amen? Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And I need some strength in this world. Verse number 5. The Lord is sometimes good. But the devil wants you and I to question that. So the Lord is big. The Lord is good. And His mercy is everlasting. And His truth endureth to all generations. So the Lord is, present tense, He is good, and He can only do good things. Amen? So my God's big enough. He's big enough to meet the problem, but He's good enough to meet me where I'm at. He wants to help you in your situation, in your struggle, and all the things that you're dealing with. He wants to take what is not good, like Brother Corey uh, was ministering to us this morning. He was uh, laying out the appetizers. He was getting us ready for this part. He wants us to be able to, to, to partake of the table of the Lord. He wants, see, I can only eat, uh, I can only eat at the devil's table or God's table. Amen. Now, Paul talked about the table of devils. You, you know that, right? First Corinthians chapter 11? Okay. So, if the Lord is good, and I'm experiencing things, some things in my life that's not good, what do I need to do? Let's go to Psalms 34, 8. Psalms 34. Psalms 34, verse number 8. O taste... And see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth, man, woman, boy, or girl, no gender intended, that trust in him. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. So, if I'm eating at the devil's table and I, and I keep getting bad things, I need to what? I need to push away. And I need to come back and I say, Lord, I want to eat from your table. I, you are good. And right now, there's some things in my life that don't seem good, don't look good, don't feel good. But like Brother Corey said, God's not finished with it. If I will what? I will taste of the Lord. I will partake of what God's Word says. I will eat His Word. His Word will change everything about your life. If there's some area in your life that you're struggling with, let me tell you, I, I struggle just like you do in certain areas in my life where, where, where sin seemed overwhelming and, I, and, and it seemed so strong. And I'd talk to the Lord. I'd say, Lord, you said your name's greater. But I'm telling you, this is about to swallow me up. You know, and, and the problem was never, of course, on his end. It was on my end. I had to what? I had to check where I was eating from. I had to, to change my, my table. I had to change my diet. I had to let the power uh, of the Word of God come alive in my life to quicken me to see the truth. Amen? And, 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 it, and your walk is progressive. You're, you're going to get better every day. You're going to be better tomorrow, Lord Terry, than you will are today. Amen. That's the comfort. But the, we need to taste. We need to say, Lord, what do you have for me today? Yeah. See, you need to eat in peace. I heard the Spirit of God say too many times my people wait till the problem comes and then they try to eat. Yeah. What happens when you're in the natural, when you're all tore up and you try to eat? Come on, everything in the spiritual paints a picture, come on, of the natural. We, we, we can learn, we can see, we can clarify some things by letting them come together. So taste and see. So I, if I will come back and I'll see what God says about some things. Let's turn over to Psalms 84. I think it's verse 11.
Psalms 84, 11. For the Lord is a sun and a shield. So your God that's big enough, he's big enough to, to, to cover you. Think about the children of Israel when they come across uh, the wilderness. He, he was a cloud of by day to shield them. He was a pillar of fire by night to keep them warm. Your God's big enough. He, 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 he's good enough to do that. But for the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. Now notice this. Mark this down in your Bible, in your Bible app, whatever it might be, right on the table of your heart. No good thing will He, your God, my God, will He withhold from them that walk uprightly. So you, you, need, to, you need to pray this verse every day. If there's something that, that is not right in your life, if it's something that's, that's good in your life that's being withheld, uh, you know, you need to walk and say, Lord, I thank you. That you said you would, would not hold any good thing. Right now, this is a good thing. It's being withheld from me. It's not you. Either I'm not believing you for it, I'm not understanding you, or it's the devil. The devil is the one that holds good things back. Amen? And, and so, you and I, we need to be in the place where we just walk and we just we decree this word. We speak this word out over our life and say, uh, uh, and, and when the devil says, well, you're not upright. Now, wait a minute. Jesus Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 21. He was made sin that you and I could be made righteous. Righteous means to be upright, right? So you are, when you get born again, you are upright. So you qualify for this verse. So the Lord will not withhold. So anything that's being withheld from you, you, you need to, to make sure that you're in a line. And after you see by the Spirit of God that you're in a line, that I'm in a line, then we, in the name of Jesus, we command the devil to take his hands off of God's good things and say, ministering spirits by the Word of God, holy angels, bring those things into my life. Come on, I, you, you know, it's there for us. We're going to get to heaven and we're going to see all the things that we missed out on that was God's best. So it's time, it's in a season where well, God, the, the sin is abounding and God has given a, a grace that will abound much greater that will cause you and I to be able to know the truth. Jesus said the truth that you and I know and operate in is what's going to make us free, right? And so he, he wants us to free some things up because we need to help people. We need to be able to help people. You need truth to give to people. I need truth. You need love. You need grace. You need mercy. We need food. We need clothes. We, we need all of these things. Guess what? God's not short. God's not up in heaven wondering, oh my, how am I going to take care of seven and a half billion people on the planet? He's up there looking for somebody he can get his goodness from heaven to through into the earth. Amen? That's your God. So your God is big enough. He's good enough. And he's not... Greedy, he's not stingy. And there's going to be some people that you're going to run into, they're going to think he's stingy, and you're going to introduce them to a God that is going to just smother them, lavish them in his grace. Amen? Sister Victoria, put James 1.17. James 1.17. How many? Every good gift. Every perfect gift. So, I want you to see this. God has good gifts. But God wants you and I to grow up into the perfect gift. 
Not everybody can hear this, but you, the one that, have, that can hear this, you need to know that God has something better for you than you've ever dreamed of. But the perfect gift only comes to those who's ready to be mature in his word and to receive and to step out into a place you've never stepped before. Every good and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. In other words, uh, the sun comes up, it goes down. You, you're sitting in the sun one minute and then the next minute, if you don't move, the sun does and you're in the shade, but it ain't that way with God. So if you're in God and you are, guess what? You're always in the light. Light dispels darkness. Light brings truth. <clears throat> okay. So your God is, he's, he's big enough, he's good enough, and he's, he's willing. He's willing. Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 2. This is a great prayer chapter, but we don't, that's another study for another time. I want you just to see, I think it's verse 4, starting in verse 4. 1 Timothy 2, 4. Talking about God, uh, God who will have all men, all mankind, men, women, boy, and girls, who will have all mankind to be what? So, your God is willing to do what it takes to, to bring salvation. And this word salvation is of spirit, soul, and body. Uh, God is interested uh, in your spirit, but He's interested in your mind. Your soul, your mind, willing, and emotions is interested in your body. He's, God is interested in everything about you because He created everything about you. Uh, God who will have all mankind to be saved and come unto the knowledge of the truth. So it's God's will that, that every person come unto the knowledge of the truth. What's the knowledge of the truth? The knowledge of the truth is that you are unique. That there's nobody like you. That you have gifts and callings that nobody else has. That you have the breath of life in you. That you have the DNA of God uh, that you, you originated from. And uh, God sees you as a peculiar treasure, the Bible says. That's a good place to be overwhelmed. That the God is that big that sees you that way. That's His heart for you. That's for his heart for every child because they're all his. Whether they know it or not, they may reject him. But his is, this is his will. Notice this. Verse 5. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom, a redemption price, for all to be testified in due time. Say it's due time. All right, so our God is big enough, our God is good enough, and our God is willing for people to come to the knowledge of the truth. But the only way they can come to the knowledge is through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, He's the ransom. Jesus Christ is the incarnate God in that, that come into this, this earth age. He, he is the, the one. He's the answer. He is this Bible. He is this Word. He is what caused you to be born again. First Peter chapter 1 uh, starting about verse 23, being born again of the incorruptible Word of God. That's who you are. You're not born of the will of man. You're born of the will of God. Say, I'm born of the will of God. 
Amen? That's who you are. And so you you, you got to see it's God's will. So God's will is He wants you to have knowledge, knowledge to excel in this earth age. Knowledge to be blessed. Knowledge to be a blessing. Amen? You say, well, I, 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 I see the promises of God, but I, I, I'm not receiving them like I want to or like I should or it seems like that I'm having to wait a long time. And, and I understand that. You know, we, we, every one of us in here, we've prayed a lot of prayers and, 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 and some of them have been uh, even maybe fleshly, maybe carnal, maybe even selfish. And then we've played, prayed some spiritual prayers and we, we, we still haven't saw little things come to pass. But we've got to remember that... Uh, if you're dealing with somebody else besides yourself, then they have got free will. They've got a spirit just like you've got a spirit. God won't override your spirit. He's not going to override their spirit. And so what you have to keep doing is you have to just trust the Lord. My God's willing that this person's coming to the truth. And so I'm not going to, I'm not going to grow weary. My God didn't grow weary with me. I'm going to trust Him. I'm going to hold on to Him. And, and you you recognize and realize the difference between the promises. When the promises uh, uh, include uh, a great majority of people, you've just got to wait in confidence. But what if we'd have kept reading there? We didn't. Uh, Sister Victoria, put the, that verse, what is it, 31 in Isaiah chapter 40. If we'd have kept reading there, when you wait upon the Lord, what happens? Amen. But they that wait, and this word wait, I don't know why the King James done this, but this word wait, it means to bind together with the Lord in expectancy. In other words, uh, Jesus is the vine, we're the branches, we're bound together, amen? And we have a hope, we have an expectancy. But they that wait with expectancy, hold on to the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles, they shall run and not be weary, they shall walk and not faint. So that's your God. So if you're waiting on the promise, if you've been praying for somebody to be saved or be delivered, if you've been praying for a relationship to be restored, you just have to wait. Wait. And, and don't let the devil move you away from anything other than what God's placed in your heart. You hold on to it and say, my God can. My God's big enough. My God's good enough. My God's willing. God's willing to bring people together. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Second Peter 3, nine, Sister Victoria, we'll close. 2 Peter 3, 9. <clears throat> the Lord is not slack. In other words, the, the Lord is mindful of what He said to you, what He said to me. He understands timing better than you and I do. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God's willing to, to bring His Word to pass. Amen? But just like God is waiting uh, to bring fire to this earth to cleanse it once again, because why? He's waiting for that one person who'll come to repentance. 
They'll come to salvation. So you see, there's some people right now are doing what Jesus said. Jesus said, pray that the Lord come quickly, right? The book of Revelation, the last chapter. He, that's what he said for us to pray. And But he wants us to pray that. But if we're not careful, we get focused on, quote unquote, the rapture, the coming of the Lord, the trumpet sounding, whatever you want to call it. But we want him to come quickly into people's lives. But he can only come as quick as you and I are willing to pray and we're willing to put legs on those prayers. As I prayed in the Spirit, that's just what the Lord laid on my heart. That's all I've got. I want to close with this thought right here. I, I, I want you to know that, that you and I, I believe with all of my heart, that we are in this season of what happened in the book of Exodus. And I think the book of Exodus is, is more prevalent to you and I today than any time in history, even more than it was to the children of Israel, because I believe God is getting ready to bring His people out. And God done that with something that had never been done before. And guess what? God's going to bring His people out with something that's never been done before. But you think about it. I know you know the story, but I just want you to get a picture of this before we close and pray. See the children of Israel standing before the Red Sea and see the enemy behind them. See, you and I, the enemy's coming after us, but we've got on the armor of God. And God's got our back, amen? But we've got to see what God can do. Think about it. Two and a half to three million people they come across that Red Sea and we, th we hear that and we think how wonderful and how magnificent that is. But we don't understand how powerful that is. Do you know how, if, if you put numbers to this and you put two people walking arm in arm, two by two walking across the Red Sea, you know how long it would take? But they had to come across there in one night. So God just didn't make a little bitty path. God parted the, right, the Red Sea. They had to come across there at least 5,000 abreast. So we're talking at least three miles wide. God can make... Jesus, Jesus can make the way for you. Amen? Amen. He can make it. There is a way that seems right in the man, but the end there of his death. I don't want that way. I don't want... I want the straight way that in God is wide. Come on, the broad way, that's the one that leads to destruction. But God's broad way is something that the devil can't see, can't understand. And they come across there, and they come across in great power and victory, and the devil was swallowed up. Your devil is fixing to be swallowed up if you'll come across the Red Sea in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we love you, we worship you, we honor you. Lord, to the best of my ability, what you laid in my heart, Lord, I have gave out. I ask you right now, Lord, as we have come not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but we have come, Lord, we ask that just the power and the demonstration of the Spirit of God, that you would confirm this word in sign, with signs following in people's hearts. Let people be changed, starting right here with me this morning. Let us be empowered, encouraged and implored to go forth for your glory. Let it be, Father. 
We ask this in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Would you come, if you feel comfortable, make yourself an altar at this at these altars. If not, make you one at your chair. Uh, just let the Lord speak to you. Let Him reveal, re- bring revelation, bring a refreshment, bring a, 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 a reassurance of how big, how good, and how w- much willing He is to work and operate in your life. If you need prayer, I'd love to pray with you. I want you to know that this is the day, this is the moment, this is the time to hear what God's saying to you. This word will change your life. It will empower you. It will give you victory like you've never had before. It has to be. Because God dropped it into my heart just as real. Just as real as anything I've ever felt in my life. And when God does that, He has something on His heart, something in His mind. Don't leave here today with any any feeling of limitation, any feeling of, uh, of anything other than victory and power in Jesus' name. Jesus is bigger than that spirit that is bothering you. He's bigger than that old feelings that's trying to pull you back to the old way of life. He's bigger. Hallelujah.